the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to TopGolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza, with over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at JetsPizza.com. By Toyota, support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay and Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. From the TAG Creative Group Studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. If you uh, are staying up late with us tonight, it is podcasting well after dark as uh, we do the Pro Hockey West Report live on the Podbean app, 11 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Paul Hornstein would tell me that would be 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or some ridiculous time out on the East Coast. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Palm Springs, California. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from that beautiful, big, vibrant city that is Las Vegas and now soon to be the home of the Las Vegas A's. Stephen, how are you? Oh, it's going to be beautiful when the Las Vegas A's are come here. And uh, when they come here in their first season, they're going to make the World Series just like the, the NHL team <laughs> did in their first season. <laughs> what about the Raiders? What happened to them in their first season? Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> The A's are not going to make the World Series in the first year in Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> well, they got to be. Here's the deal. The Vegas Golden Knights are, are the original team, right? And then um, then the, um, um, what am I thinking about? Your your uh, WNBA team that won the championship. Yeah, the Aces, the Las Vegas Aces. The Aces, there you go. They were also an original, right? Or did uh, they come from somewhere? Well, they, they came from... It came from there was a San Antonio. Uh, ah, well, there goes my whole theory. <laughs> but they were sold. To, but it, it became a new team though because Mark Davis bought them and or an MGM at the time and brought them here to Vegas and rebranded them as the Aces and and stuff. So I don't. It wasn't a completely. It was a new franchise for Vegas, but it was a, a an old franchise that was made <laughs> to a new franchise. Yeah, nothing's an old franchise except me. <laughs> I'm an old franchise. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, man. But you're still it, up, so I'm, I'm impressed. It, it, if you like 
hockey in the Pacific Division of either the NHL or the AHL, boy, do we have some good stuff to talk about tonight because um, the Vegas Golden Knights, as you're going to talk about in just a minute, uh, are getting things done. They didn't sweep, but you know what? Uh, it's just a matter of time before they eliminate Dallas, in my my opinion. And this uh, Firebird team that I just saw tonight, Stephen, unbelievable. I told you. I've been telling you for a long time that this Boy, team that is scary period, good. Boy, that third period, man, was uh, that third period. Tonight, Woo! they were unbelievable. Boy, that third period, yeah, man. They were, I, they were Just catching fire. up on the box score, man. Woo, that was, and, and getting the updates on Twitter and just seeing – it was this score that was, I mean, it was, it was, whoa, it was, and you were there right in front there, of There was us. a hat trick in the period by Max McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Oh, the first playoff hat trick uh, in Firebird history, I'm told. Here's, and, here's the headline uh, Max on the gets it and he, he, It's like the most anticlimactic uh, hat trick you've ever seen because he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, here was the headline on the you already? front page of the. <laughs> uh, AHL.com uh, front page. I'm here. The uh, the front page of the uh, AHL.com says Max Effort gives Firebirds a game one. Okay, win, so. you're drift. I was drifting in and out. I think. Don't fall asleep on me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, we got to talk about what's going on. Uh, no, I'm not going to fall asleep. But I'll tell you, the wind might blow me into next uh, next month. The way things are going here. It's been the last four days, Stephen, have been the strongest winds I've ever seen in my life. 50 plus miles an hour. They start at sundown, they go all the way to sun up. Well, it's a good thing you're tucked away in bed during those hours. Yeah, I know, but I, it feels like the whole hotel is going to move. <laughs> when I just drove back uh, 13 miles from the arena here, oh my goodness, you can barely hold the car on the road. It was so windy. Um, so you drive. Coming back, you drive hands into on the steering it. Wheel? <laughs> uh, both hands, both legs, uh, anything you can get, uh, you got to hold on to. But anyway, so we'll do. Uh, we'll start tonight by talking NHL, and then we'll take a break, and we'll come back and we'll talk AHL. I've got some sound that I'm still in the process of editing, so it'll be a little raw, but uh, good stuff from Max McCormick, Jimmy Schultz, and uh, head coach Dan Bilesma tonight. But ah. Uh, Let's talk about these Vegas Golden Knights, Stephen, because I told you, you've been telling me how good this team is all year because you've been basically embedded with that organization. And um, I'm yeah, telling I you. Didn't, I didn't even imagine I didn't even imagine that it would go this well. I mean, <laughs> we're trying to prepare for a Stanley Cup final, and we're trying to get everything situated. And, I, we're like, and like, wait, the Golden Knights are going to be in the Stanley Cup final. Who would have thought that after last season went? Yeah, well. I'll tell you, though, what I saw in year one, and you know I was kind of like you in year one. I was there the whole playoffs and all the way to the Stanley Cup final, all the way to the, the last uh, the last game, the last puck drop, the last horn, whatever, uh, when the Washington Capitals won the uh, Cup in Vegas. And here's the difference that I see with this team. Uh, they are so even keel. I think I told you this earlier in the year. I've only been to a couple games with you this year, but – um, when I was there, they are so even keel and they're so much like Bruce Cassidy. Um, not to say that Pete DeBoer or um, Gerard Gallant were not even keel, but man, Bruce just, he, he's just nothing rattles that guy, at least externally. Yeah, I mean, you just look at 
the way he coaches, I mean, the way he, he talks to me, he, he, his media availability are really, uh, are really uh, insightful. He really knows the game. Well, he, he's able to, to break down the plays and really talk about, you know, things that they want to do and, and actually go into detail about it, not just kind of give a basic generic answer of, Oh, we want to stick to our game. We want, you know, he kind of goes into more, more things about that. And, and, and I think fans appreciate that. And I think, um, and yeah, I mean, and and he doesn't really get angry. I mean, there's times this year where he could have been angry, and he's called out at times, uh, you know, in the way that he does it. But but it wasn't like a an anger thing. And and I think the players this year really have responded well with him as the coach. And and I tell you what, this is a very uh, close group of players in the in that room in that locker room, and uh, and it shows and. They want to play for each other every night, and and and, and it seems silly that like because isn't that the case with every team? Every team is close. Uh, yeah, in a way. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you've got some ego guys on there that that want to, you know, that you know they say, oh, you know, it's it's a it's I'm the I'm the star or whatever. But it, you don't seem like you get that vibe with with Vegas. I mean, obviously you've got the stars on there like the St- Mark Stone and Jack Eichel and. And obviously the original misfits that are still around and Petran, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent on that team, but there's not really a guy that's like, you know, it's like we last we saw with Edmonton, it was all about McDavid and dry and those were the, you know, those were the guys and everything. And then we've other series as we've other teams have that when they're in their teams, but uh, you don't see that too much with, with Vegas. And you don't see like one guy uh, trying to outshine everybody else. Everybody uh, tries to contribute. And I think it's, it's paid off, obviously, with one win away from the Stanley Cup final. But, uh, but, but, but for Cassie, yeah, I mean, he's just—it's—it's it's real interesting because he lo- he lost his job last year after having a, a pretty good season. He did get eliminated in the playoffs, but over fifty wins last year, and of course this year gets fifty plus wins again this year, and and get, get, guides Vegas to their best ever regular season record, uh, points wise. So, I mean, and the number one seed in the Western Conference. Uh, that certainly turned it around, and then, uh, and then what he's been able to do in the playoffs has been pretty remarkable. Well, and, and you hit it right in the head. Um, it, this team is close knit. A lot of teams, almost every team, will tell you they're close knit, but there's some that exude it, right? And you see it. And, and boy, if, if there's not two mirror images in what we cover right now, I'm stuck. Um, I'm stuck. <laughs> I shouldn't use that word. That's not good. I'm here with the. Uh, uh, the Firebirds and and um, it, it, you look at the two teams, the Firebirds in the AHL, and you look at the Golden Knights in the NHL, and you go like, "Wow, their, their coaches are so similar. Their coaching staffs are similar. Their team makeup is similar. They've gone through the same things, the ups and downs, the goaltendings. Uh, not so much here for goaltenders, but um, you know they've had injuries that they've had to get through." And uh, they just keep battling back. And, and to tell you how close this team is, Andrew Podolowski, um, Podolarski, I should say, um, was out for about four months with a, an injury. And he kept working back. And the first thing he said when he finally got in the lineup in the uh, Wrangler series, he said, uh, I really want to thank my teammates for, for keeping me, uh, for keeping us in the playoff hunt so that I could come back and play. Now, that's selfishness. <laughs> selfishness is not the case that is being very unselfish when you talk about um how happy you are that your your teammates kept you 
in games. And that's what I see with the Golden Knights. I mean, you look at their goaltending um, in Hill, and you look at bringing in a guy like um, Jonathan Quick um, and, and what they've done and what they've brought uh, to the team. And I think that's where the closeness comes from. Yeah, no question. I mean, I mean, there is just so many different layers to this. I mean, you think about, from one, the goaltending uh, situation this year of how many goaltenders they had to go through. Now, I think what's really worked this well uh, this year is uh, the defensive side of things. I think that was a, a thing that maybe, uh, obviously, sometimes, certainly in the, the playoffs too, the in the past with the offense, and, and maybe that was – a thing with with DeBoer and everything, and we kind of see a little bit with Dallas now. It seemed like they were kind of getting a little bit dry in their offense at the at the wrong time, and it's 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 cost Dallas a three nothing hole. Of course, they won tonight, but but still, and but I think the defensive side has been a real emphasis. Obviously, the way Cassidy's system is like, uh, if it's to a T, it keeps the opponent from really having a lot of high danger chances, getting really close to the net. Um, and having those kind of opportunities and making the job easier for a goaltender. So I think the way things were set up with the Golden Knights, it's it's allowed them to to have that situation where they've had to go through these different goaltenders. I mean, it's it started with you know not having knowing we're not going to have Robin Leonard for the season to saying okay it's going to be Thompson and Persuade to start the or actually Brassois was was still coming back so it was Thompson and Hill and those two guys were were doing pretty good for a while so Brassois was finally healthy so he had to go to the AHL and spend a lot of time in Henderson and he was kind of doing the things down there and doing pretty well down there once he kind of got uh, adjusted and and settled in down there and and you wondered when was he going to get his opportunity well then then the you know, Thompson gets hurt, so then it's Hill and Brossois, but then Hill got hurt not long after that, so then Brossois gets his chance, and he plays for a little bit, but then he got hurt again. So, yeah, and then the deadline came up, so they picked up, they saw all this, and they were scared, and and you just think about the moves they made at the deadline. All three of the players at the deadline end up really being big contributors. Two of them are still contributing now in the postseason, and Quick, obviously, is right now the the backup goaltender in, in this series. But, uh, but yeah, getting quick, a guy who's got Stanley Cup experience, maybe he's not to the level he was before uh, but during those those cup runs. But some guy, it's a guy that you have in the locker room. And, and the other goaltenders have said that. They've, we've asked him about it. He's been, they've been asked about, you know, what kind of advice that Quick has been, has been able to give a Hill or Bressois when he was playing. And, They've they've been able to lean on that, and he's given them uh, some some pointers and stuff. Uh, sometimes during the game now too, I'm sure while he's on the bench or or wherever, to to help that. And I think that's invaluable too. Even though Quick may not be playing in these games, he's able to provide that for for these goaltenders. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just and then we know this, all the goaltenders going through with, with that, and then and then Quick being a when Quick had to play for a while there in the regular season, doing what he could to. To win and and again, I think the, the Golden Knights were playing really well at that time and and made it easy a little bit easier for Quick to get that and you know even a guy like Patera getting a, an opportunity this year to play a couple of games and, uh, and of course he's still around now because he's the third goaltender they have on the roster right now because of the injuries to uh, Bressois in the last round so I mean it's just it's and then of course the playoffs that kind of 
you know, it started off being Brassois, and then Brassois gets hurt in the last round, and so then Hill ha- has to take take over, and he's taken over in a big way. And and boy, he this game tonight too, he really was strong, and really kept Vegas in this game uh, to even have a chance to win. And uh, and then the game before the shutout game that he got in Game Three, that was just uh, outstanding too. So I mean, it's just been amazing on that front. I mean, that's just one aspect of it is the goaltending, which has been uh, a story in itself. Well, yeah, you're 100% correct on all of that. Um, so the Golden Knights get through um, a gauntlet. I thought, uh, you know, they had to go through Winnipeg, which is maybe not the strongest team, but the travel and the location that Winnipeg is made it tough, but they come through that. Then, as you mentioned, they get uh, the Edmonton Oilers, or should I say the Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid group, <laughs> law firm, if you will. Uh, but anyway, they get through them uh, after a real physical-type battle, um, and, and they move on. Then they get Dallas, and everybody, nobody really knows what to do. I, I told you, I think, at <clears throat> the start of this, I would have been more fearful had they had to play uh, Seattle than Dallas, <clears throat> because I think... Um, Seattle was a matchup that, that could have given Vegas a tough time, but I wasn't too sure or too worried, I should say, for the Vegas folks um, that Dallas was going to be much of an opponent. I just didn't think they had a really good matchup against Vegas, and I think we're seeing that. It's, uh, what, 3-1 now, and they're coming back for Game 5 in Vegas, correct? Yeah, that is correct. I mean, the only thing about it is that Ottinger... Is a is a really good goaltender, but he's had some some rough moments in this postseason actually, so he hasn't been as sharp as he's is known to be. Um, they have they do have a lot of of more of a four line team, Dallas does, and maybe an Edmonton did, which was more heavy on on the dry saddles than McDavid. Plus, you had a lot of experience with with DeBoer, knowing the team, knowing the Vegas players, being just being coached there and kind of knowing some of their tendencies. But then on the flip side of that, you have John Stevens, assistant coach for Vegas, that was in Dallas uh, last season before he came and took the job here. And he obviously knows those players okay. So that kind of cancels out. Well, let, let me jump in there real quick on that because that's a great point. Um, they both have know each other's tendencies. But that's where, and, and I, I'll play a clip for you when we get to the AHL side of things from Dan Bilesman today. Um, but that's where the players come into play, right? You can know what their tendencies are, but players can adjust, and players are the ones that, that go on the ice and get it done. And I think that's what Vegas is doing right now is that they're countering everybody that, that tries to um, defend them or shut them down. That They're able to, to adjust and counter them with different things. Is that what you're seeing too? Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it just seems like this team is is prepared in almost every instance, and when they go out there and they and they get out on the ice, it it the the work that they goes on behind the scenes from from video work to being out on the ice uh, when they get out on the ice, you're not on the maybe as much for for practicing this time of year uh, now, but but you know, getting the just adjusting and being able to you know, and and again, it's. It is. It is the players. A lot of the same players, obviously the same characters that the board knows. But Cassie comes in and has a, a way of doing things, and and the system he would play. So there's some new things there that they've done, obviously, and that maybe DeBoer 
you know, doesn't doesn't know as well. So uh, again, it's it 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 makes a difference, but you know, you still got to go out there and, and perform on the ice. And obviously, uh, Vegas has the upper hand in this in this series. What's interesting though, if you think about it, it's a three one series. But the first two, three of these games have gone into overtime. So I mean, it's it's it seems like it's 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 a commanding lead for Vegas, but it it's a little bit closer than maybe it appears. It, it, it's 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 weird though because it does seem like it's close, but it also seems like it's not close. So I mean, I know that doesn't make any sense, but we had the two overtime no, no, games you, in Vegas. Yeah, you've hit that on the head though. You really have. Two games in Vegas, both go to overtime. Ve- Vegas is up late. Dallas ties it, and then Vegas wins in overtime. Then the next, the next game, Vegas is you know from behind, I think. Then they had to come come back and tie it, um, and then they went, they were ahead. No, the, yeah, they came back and tied it late, and then they ended up winning in an overtime. You know, the the third game was was kind of the anomaly. Vegas took over that game real early, and and, uh, and then Dallas did, obviously their captain did something pretty stupid and and cost their team probably. Uh, that game and then and then tonight you know Dallas is playing loose and nothing to play for you know kind of and Vegas maybe maybe feeling a little comfortable Dallas is able to to finally break through and 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 get a game get a game in this series so I mean you look at this it's a 3-1 series but you know the game two maybe Dallas was a little bit better for most of that game and could have gotten that game and so instead it would be a two two series instead of a three, one series. So you're looking at a very much a different series. So, um, while Vegas has been good and deserves to have a three, one series lead, uh, because that's the other thing about it too, is good teams do find ways to win when you're not at your best. And they've done that a few times, uh, this year, uh, in this postseason. So that helps, uh, overtime that that's the, the disadvantage for Dallas is they hadn't really gotten into overtime wins, uh, this year. Uh, in the postseason, and also during the regular season too, they they a lot of their games went into overtime and a shootout when it was in the regular season, and they didn't get the wins. And then in the postseason, now they finally get a a win. They're one and four in the in the overtime, but um, so that that's good on that front. But it's not good overall that they haven't been have had more success in overtime uh, for Dallas. So um, so there's a couple of different factors with that, but but again, it's it's like I said, the series. It's three one Vegas, but you know it's a couple of shots here and there, and it would be a much different series. It's 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 way different than the Edmonton series, where it was it seemed like it, where it was seemed like for the first four games it was one or the other, either Vegas Vegas blew out Edmonton or Edmonton blew out Vegas, and the games weren't in doubt. But uh, this series, even though it's a three one series lead, uh, the it's been a very a tighter series, which which is what you come to expect in the in the Western Conference Final. Um, now that being said, at the same time, it does feel like Vegas has controlled the the play majority of of this series, maybe except more more of tonight. So it's again, it's weird because it's 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 like I'm contradicting myself. It's 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 a it could feels like it it's a closer series than what the, the series standing says. But at the same time, it does feel like Vegas has controlled it more. Yeah, there, there you go. That was the word I was just going to interject. I think Vegas has controlled it more. I think they've been there. And um, in the confidence level, you can see when they scored those overtime goals, they happened quickly, right? They didn't, they didn't drag on. 
that it's just like, okay, well, we're in overtime, and now we got to get this done. And um, and I think game three was a statement game for them. I think they came out and poured it on. And I think they maybe caught Dallas a little bit by a surprise. I think Dallas was going like, oh, we're back at home. We have our home crowd. We have everything that we need. We have guys to throw popcorn and things on the ice. <laughs> Sorry, Dallas. <laughs> but anyway, um, so they had all of this that they thought was pre-built into the game momentum. And Vegas just stole it. Right off the get-go, they just came out and, and built the lead, and all of a sudden Dallas is going like, "What the heck's happening to us here? We're on home ice. We're down two games, and now we're down, you know, four nothing." Um, so I think it's a it's a the character of the Vegas Golden Knights is the difference. They're um, they're poised. Now I think they're going to win this series. I told you I think they're going to win it in five, um, but they're going to win it at some point in time. I don't see them blowing a three nothing lead. Um, and not winning the series. So that puts you up against a team that just swept the, the Carolina Hurricanes, who I thought might have been the best team, one of the best teams all year long. And um, they're out, and now all of a sudden, Florida is uh, the team in the East. Who would have thought uh, that Florida? I wouldn't have. I would not have. It's, 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 an eight, it's the equivalent of an eight seed getting in. They were the last team to get into the playoffs. Um, they had to have some things kind of happen. I mean, Pittsburgh had to lose down the stretch which they did and then florida winning and and they get in so and, and then they have this run they beat boston in the first round down 3-1 in the series and then uh and then they put Bobrovsky in and he's been outstanding and uh that's been kind of the story there and then yeah they overcome that and then the second round they're playing uh they're playing toronto which the toronto fans if you remember correctly said they wanted florida they wanted florida uh, after they finally won a playoff series, uh, it, you know, Toronto did. So, uh, and of course, we know how that ended. That didn't end, end very well uh, and for Toronto. For Florida, it did. And then this last round, playing Carolina, that I think this, the third best team record-wise in the regular season. Now, Carolina's, I think, had some injuries uh, in this postseason, so there were some of their top guys that they didn't have uh, available to them. But still, I mean, and then Florida to, to sweep Carolina – uh, again, all those games were pretty close, um, but still to sweep them 4-0. I mean, it's and then now they're in the, the Stanley Cup final. So uh, that's what makes the playoffs really great. I think all the sports, I think obviously the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best because it just it just doesn't seem like it's it's possible or it does seem like it's it's possible that any team could, could get through. Uh, if you just get in, you have a chance. And I think this year is an example of that with what Florida did. And then even a team like Seattle uh, on the OS side taking Dallas to seven games in the second round in their second season uh, after winning their first round. And then, you know, and then Vegas, of course, has been the top team uh, this year. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and, what, and what this is going to do is it's going to set up the final – to start either in da Dallas or, or Vegas right now, obviously we, we're not going to, I don't want to put the, the course before the cart or whatever that phrase is. I don't want to uh, manifest cart before the horse, cart before the horse. Yeah. <laughs> if you put the horse before the cart, you're in good shape because the horse can pull it. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the, the Stanley cup final will start in either Dallas or Vegas. And of course we hope it's, it's Vegas, but that's not sealed up yet. But, but, and you had all these great East teams going in, like a Boston and a Toronto and Carolina and everything, and they're all out, and it's Florida, the last team to get in coming out of the East. And 
And uh, Bobrovsky has been a big part of that. Uh, to, uh, Kachuk has been a big part of that recently. So uh, that's not going to be an easy out. And for whoever gets stuck, uh, whoever gets the opportunity to play them uh, in the Stanley Cup final. But uh, there's going to be a lot of people rooting for Florida because just of that story and and what they've been able to do. And people love an underdog. And, uh, and for South Florida in general, it's been a couple of good weeks for them uh, as the Miami Heat, although they haven't, clinched it yet in the nba playoffs but uh it looks like the miami heat might get might get in and they're an eighth seed in that in that uh, playoff which is really unusual in the nba to see an eighth seed do that so it's going to be a couple of uh, entertaining weeks for south florida if miami does end up finishing up that series with the celtics and making it there so <laughs> but uh but on the hockey side of things yeah i mean the panthers are in and and either vegas or dallas but um but it's going to be exciting because the, the the Stanley Cup final will open up uh, with the Western City. So if, if Vegas does end up winning the series here on uh, Saturday, then the Stanley Cup final will start in Vegas on uh, on the thirty first. They've announced that uh, tonight that the the Stanley Cup final would start on Wednesday, May thirty first, in Vegas. If the Golden Knights win the series in five. Now, if Dallas wins in, uh, on Saturday and the series has to go six or seven, then the Stanley Cup final will start on the third of June. But, uh, but so yeah, so it's it's going to be exciting to see what happens. But uh, obviously, right now looking like da- uh, Vegas in in Florida, but Dallas will have something to say about that on Saturday. Okay, so um, to kind of put a bow on this before we take a break. Um, uh, here's my gut feeling. If uh, if Vegas gets through, I think Vegas wins a cup. And I'll tell you why in a second. If Dallas gets through, I think Florida wins a cup. And here's why. I don't think uh, Jake Ottinger, as good as he is and as good as he's played, um, he just hasn't had the experience of going deep in the uh, NHL playoffs. And that's a big deal. That's seven games, stressful games. Um, lots of pressure against. And he'll have to go seven games in this series too, because they'll have to do something that's never been done. A team down 0-3 in the conference final. Now it has been done, obviously, in the earlier rounds, but 0-3 in the conference final to go all to win four straight to get into the Stanley Cup final uh, hasn't ever been done. Of course, we see a team like Florida winning four in a row in a round. I mean, it's possible to happen, but uh, to beat Vegas four straight times is going to be very tough. But that's what they'll have to do if they're going to want to make the final at this point. Okay, so here's my point. Um, I think Vegas is a veteran team that um, it, we've talked about the closeness already early in the show. So I think those will be things that they'll use in their favor to uh, to to take care of Florida because I think Florida is running out of gas. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to keep this pace up. Well, and, and is, I Brubosky, think- is Brubosky finally going to come back down to earth or is he going to be – as outstanding as he's been. I mean, he's been so outstanding, but is he going to, is it? Yeah, he can't keep it up. He can't keep it up forever. Can he keep it up for another series? (laughs) No, I don't think so. That's why I think Vegas, if they get into the final, they win it. If uh, Dallas gets in, I think Dallas is, is the carbon copy of Florida. They're, they're spending a lot of energy right now. Um, They're working hard to get what they've gotten. And, if they if they do get through, I think they're not going to have enough gas to, to defeat a Florida team that's going to be well rested for them. But um, we'll see. I mean, that's uh, that's the beauty of of uh, playoff hockey and professional hockey. And and you know, the one thing that we'll put a cap on this with is that um, look at the teams. 
Vegas, Dallas, Carolina, and Florida, the final four teams standing all south of the Mason-Dixon line, basically. <laughs> it's a pretty impressive group. Yeah, the, the, Sun of, Belt, uh, the, the Sun Belt series, they were calling it. The Vegas was the, yeah. northernmost, the northernmost team that was left. Uh, in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs, going well, into that's because you're still wearing a jacket these days. <laughs> not when it's ninety, not when it's ninety something degrees outside. <laughs> anyway, um, good stuff. That's uh, that's the NHL side of things. And, and it's and how about this? Uh, and I know we'll, we'll have more time to talk about this as it goes along. But Bill Foley's uh, pr- uh, thing when the this team started it about playoffs in three and and cup in six, obviously. Some of that got expedited in that first season when they made the cup final but didn't get it. But now here we are in year six, and they're, what, five wins away from, from the cup. So it's- Well, don't think that's not being mentioned in the locker room, too. That's a reminder. It's kind of like uh, what Denver did with David Carl telling them that um, the magic number was to get to 10. They won 10 NCAA championships, and it didn't work out for Denver this year. But um, don't don't think that's not being talked about. They, they would love to give Mr. Foley a – uh, Stanley Cup in year six. So we'll see what and happens. Marcia Soto has said also that it's one game at a time. And I think the other thing about this is the guys that have been in that experience, uh, uh, whether it be the, the misfits who were with the Golden Knights the first year they went to the Cup, but it's also the other guys that have come in that have Cup experience and have had playoff experiences, but also the, the Vegas players over the years that have come in that are still with the team that have had these uh, experiences with these playoff runs falling short you know this is their fourth conference final well we'll call it conference final third round because in a couple of years during the covid where it was not called the conference finals but um, as we know with the montreal thing and everything and, and that's that's an example too of you know 2021 montreal you know was basically a equivalent of an of an eighth seed uh and then they beat vegas that year so in, in that weird uh weird alignment of playoff there and and make the final there but um you know so they have these experiences of being close and not getting it and, and not getting to their ultimate goal. And I think the, the learn from that is not to look too far, too far ahead. And so I think Marsha's so saying going into game three, when they were up to nothing was the focus was game three in Dallas. So they got that and then game four. So I'm sure the focus now is going to be game five on Saturday night at T-Mobile arena for in that game and get a spot in the Stanley cup, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. So here's the other question too: is if the Golden Knights win uh, this series, if and when they win this series, uh, or Dallas, if they somehow come back, win, do you touch the trophy? Do you touch the Clarence uh, Campbell uh, trophy? Florida did with yes. the Prince of Wales. They yes. didn't care. They picked it up. They lifted yes. it around and everything. Yes, do you, you touch do. The trophy? You do. You do. There's some superstition about that that you don't touch the, know, you the do. conference you do. championship forget trophy about it. because it's not the ultimate one you want. Yeah, but forget about it. Forget there's about actually it. some do. history. There's actually some history, <laughs> I think, of teams in the East teams that have touched the Prince of Wales Trophy and have actually gone on to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so. yeah. Just go, go enjoy it. Take your step one day at a time. That's part of one day at a time. So, anyway, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. We got AHL stuff to get to, uh, and then wrap up this late night edition of the Pro Hockey West Report. We'll be right back. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you say. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got it. Still got it. 
years old now. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and put a bottle of our Best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. From ITHSW Podcast, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed it is. It is a late night, Thursday night, the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Palm Springs, California. Very windy Palm Springs. It's been very windy for a long time here, at least four days. Uh, my co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining us from the beautiful, vibrant city of Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, that doesn't affect your allergies, the windy weather. Uh, yeah, well, that's way past that point. Anyway, <laughs> anyway you learn you something your, anyway. Make sure you have Everywhere your your Allegra, uh, handy. <laughs> uh, it's more than that. It's like a shovel to get the dust off of me. Uh, this is crazy. I mean, they, they go out every day, Stephen, and they, they block uh, block off the road that's already been drifted over with sand, and they take like a snowblower remover or snowplow um, to remove the sand so you can get down the road and, and a few spots where the sand is very prevalent. But anyway, it's crazy. Okay, one thing that does not need any sand, sandpaper, grit, anything like that is the Coachella Valley Firebirds who just continue to impress uh, all season long, as we've talked about earlier on the show and different shows. They just keep fighting their way all the way. Um, now they're in the conference, um, Western Conference Finals against the um, Milwaukee Admirals. Game one was tonight. I just got back from there, so I've got some raw sound from Max McCormick, Jimmy Schultz, and the head coach, Dan Bilesma. Um, but, Stephen, this is this is really fun uh, for me because I, I saw Vegas in their first year go to the Stanley Cup final. I was in Denver last year when the Avalanche um, won the Stanley Cup, and the Denver Pioneers won the NCAA National Tournament. So... Uh, this never seems to get old, though. I mean, they, they're winning in different ways. And I've joked with Coach Bilesma about 
the way that the Firebirds continue to win. Sometimes they come out fast and they win. Sometimes they get uh, come out a little sluggish, they fall behind, and they battle back. Tonight was that story. They came out. They actually did both tonight. They came out fast. They got a one nothing lead. Milwaukee tied it. They got a 2-1 lead. Milwaukee tied it. Then the third period, Milwaukee gets a 3-2 lead. And you're wondering, uh-oh, what's happening? And Coach Bilesma will tell you in the clip that I have. But um, I was standing by the glass. It was like, I don't know, uh, 18 minutes or something to go. It was like 3-2. And it was like the fans were waiting to erupt. The, the players looked like they were waiting to erupt. They were a much better, faster, more equipped uh, team than I felt Milwaukee was, at least tonight. And um, sure enough, they just opened the floodgates and uh, scored four times and, and, and ended up with a 6-4 victory. And it, it really wasn't that close. It was probably closer to a 6-1 game. Uh, I'm sure Joey Decord would tell you he'd like to have a couple of those goals back. But from a distance, what have you seen with Coachella and what's making this team so difficult to beat? Well, I, I just, I've just been impressed with their team the whole whole year, and I just think about this year, and in the regular season, and just, you know, starting out on the road like they had to do while their building was, finally getting finalized and ready to be able to have them play games there, and and just being able to withstand through that, and and I really do feel, and we've said this before, and I I really do contend that really, uh, I think that really expedited. The, the togetherness of this team, the cohesiveness, the, the the chemistry of this team, because they had to spend all that time on the road. Now it's a little bit different in the AHL because it's it's not like you're on the road that whole time. I mean, there's there's gaps in the schedule. Sometimes you only play a couple games in a week, and then you know you're 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 going back home for a few days, and then you're you're traveling back. But but there's still there was a lot of travel there with buses and planes and stuff in that part of the schedule and. And they got through that very well, and 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 I just had a feeling at that point that that Coachella Valley really was really in a good position to to have success this year, and and I saw when I saw them in person when when they came to play Henderson, and just saw how they played, and 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 all those games were were really close actually, and and just the way those those games went down, and and even you know just the way they played and just had a feeling that this was going to be a good a good team and and the Calgary was a good team too but I, I think we saw that Coachella Valley had the uh, the upper hand obviously and and coach Bosma as we've talked about has the experience uh, at the AHL level and at the NHL level of course and I think that helped and the whole staff we've talked about that too and and how that all's all come together and and just the the talent of this team and just what they've been able to do uh, led by the captain, Max McCormick. And you talk about, again, a guy that, uh, again, the headline on the front page here, Max effort, give Firebirds a game one win. I mean, that is just well-written because uh, it was a Max effort in that third period tonight when he gets the hat trick <laughs> in the third period. And I'm glad you said that because guess what I've got queued up for oh, you? Oh, there you a go. Little, a little Max McCormick talk. So here we go. Let's. Uh, Un- and again, I don't believe I don't believe is related this- to Brian McCormick, the Henderson uh, so no, nice play no. play guy. <laughs> no, but uh, the good stuff from Max tonight. So hopefully it's not too scratchy. Out of the game, no matter what the situation is, but you stepped it up as uh, was mentioned in the third period. Was there anything set between period? You know, it's tie game. Let's go win the period. Um. 
There was a little bit said, but uh, I don't think at this point with our group there, there needs to be a lot said. I think we kind of all know in the back of our mind what needs to be done and what we're capable of. Talk about the depth on this team, though, because you guys can roll five lines if they'd let you. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a ton of guys that can um, produce offensively. We've got four four lines that we can roll. Um, we can trust any of the four lines out on the ice to do the job defensively and also chip in on the offensive side. I don't think anybody's really talked much about Jessica Campbell and the role she plays. Can you talk a little bit about what she does for your special teams and offensively? Yeah, she's been huge for our power play all year long. Um, you know, really detailed pre-scouts. We know exactly what we're going to get from the other team. Um, yeah, she's she's kept us sharp all year and throughout the playoffs so far. What do you need to do to get uh, another win here at home and then try to close it up in Milwaukee? Yeah, I think you got to um, try to not get too high and not you know not get too low throughout the playoffs. It's only game one, so uh, we got to be able to um, bounce back and have a big game too. Anything different in the preparation for seven? Versus five games? Um, I don't think so. It's just, uh, you know, whether it's five games or seven games, you got to take it one shift, one period, one game at a time. Okay, so that's Max McCormick. Had a chance to visit with him uh, following the game. And um, as I said, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a great leader. And I, I joked with uh, Coach Bilesman. I said, when you got a leader like that um, and wearing a letter, it's just – you know, leads everybody. He goes, yeah, I got a lot of leaders, but you're right. They were, uh, they were a group, uh, that was led by, by Max and he did a fantastic job. Um, one more time, uh, just getting it done, but there's a different player every night. It seems like Steven, that gets it done. Yeah. Question. I mean, as you said, McCormick tonight, uh, with the three goals in the third period with the hat trick and, and again, I mean, this game was one, one, going into the or going you know it was one one after after one and one a two two after two and then as you said milwaukee gets off to a three two lead and then and then it kind of goes from there and then and then coachella valley just kind of turned up but not i just that's what the other thing i've noticed about this team it just seems like when they want to just all of a sudden crank it up a few notches it's like they go into a whole it's like a whole nother team it's like they just it just go and it's Hyper funny speed. you mentioned that because people said that tonight in the, in the press conference too. They were, and you're right, 100. percent They they have that ability. Um, so let me throw this out there. They've played four now, game ones in playoff series. They beat Tucson game one, Colorado game one on the road, Calgary game one on the road. Now they win another one at home uh, in game one. So I asked the guys. I said, "How important is winning game one?" They go. Man, it's essential, especially in a five-game series. It's a little different when you have seven games, but uh, definitely important to win the first. So um, one of the guys that, that shined tonight is a, a former Henderson Silver Knight and also uh, a Minnesota guy. Imagine that. I found a Minnesota guy in Jimmy Schultz. Uh, Jimmy sh- uh, scored the uh, second goal of the game tonight, shorthanded. Defenseman again scoring shorthanded. So uh, let's hear just a, a quick blurb from Jimmy. We talked a little bit about the shorthanded goal. You guys uh, find ways to score goals every way, don't you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, even though we're shorthanded, we're, we're still trying to create offense. And, um, you know, this, when you get an opportunity to, to get the puck and, and skate up the ice a bit, I, we try to take it. But, um, yeah, we scored some big ones. Truzzi uh, has had a shorthanded goal or two, I think, this, these playoffs. And, um, you know, the other team isn't necessarily expecting that to, to try to create offense. But, can you walk us through that one, what it was like, um, nearly three-quarter ice? 
yeah, the, the puck just squirted out, and um, you know they're they're aggressive. They try to jump uh, on the face off. So I just saw room and um, was able to was able to get by the guy. And, <laughs> goal scorer is goal, right? <laughs> yeah, just so, get, get him however I can. Playoffs is all comes down to special teams, a power play, shorthanded, getting it done even strength. You guys never seem to uh, be shaken, though, whether you're up two, down two, down one, doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, I think we've been in all situations for sure these playoffs and um, throughout the regular season. We've, uh, we've dealt with a lot of adversity. We've had a lot of different types of games and some high-scoring games, some low-scoring games, so... Um, we're kind of ready for whatever the, the game throws at us. And, um, yeah, like I said, just however we can get a win on Saturday is uh, that's what we're looking for now. How important is game one and a game one win? It's huge. Um, you know, these are this is a different series. We haven't been in a seven-game series yet. Um, but, yeah, it's like, I think we're kind of approaching it, like, the first few rounds, just one game at a time. And, there you go, Stephen. One game at a time from Jimmy Schultz. Um, a short-ended goal by defenseman. I've seen that so much recently. It's just crazy. Yeah, I've, I've always been impressed with Jimmy Schultz. I mean, he was when he was with Henderson, uh, he was a real good, a fun player to watch. Uh, you know, you look at you look at this his numbers. He's having a career year uh, this year. In seventy-one uh, regular season games. He had eight goals and 24 assists for 32 points. I mean, you look at when he hit the year, and then he in 14 playoff games, uh, and I, I don't know, if, I'm sure it's updated to reflect tonight's game, but 14 playoff games, four goals, two assists for six points. So, I mean, um, you know, last year he was with, with, with Rochester, which actually, um, you know, they're, they're still alive too in the playoffs in the Eastern side of things. But, uh, you know, he had 17 points with them last year in 61 games. Uh, Henderson, he was he had thir- he played thirty eight games uh, in the regular season and had fourteen points, and then uh, in Chicago, which of course was p- part of the Golden Knights, uh, which was the Golden Knights AHL team before that, uh, before Henderson came into play, uh, that he had twenty one points that year. So uh, and then he had he did play one game in the NHL and he got a assist in that game. So he's he's got some NHL experience with one game with the Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, he was drafted by the Golden Knights and. Um, you know, but he's having numbers like he had in St. Cloud State, uh, you know, and uh, we, we, we should get on the uh, St. Cloud State good, expert, Nick's, Nick's, Nick Maxson. <laughs> he probably could tell us some things about Jimmy Scholl <laughs> from the St. Cloud State Those days, Minnesotans get 30, the job done, don't they? 35 points that then and 38 points for him in, that, you know, in those last two years there. So he's having points like he had during his last two years of college uh, this year with the with when you factor in regular season and, and playoff games, uh, and, and few, far fewer games though. I mean, obviously more games in the in, in the AHL uh, than than in a college season, but still, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive uh, that Jimmy Schultz, the, the kind of year he's getting. It seems like every year now that he's been in the AHL, he's gotten better. Um, you know, isn't that the the point of being in the AHL is to get better every year and maybe make that jump to the NHL? I mean, it, absolutely. And, <laughs> And uh, so I, so he's, he's somebody that's uh, you know, and again, I, I don't know if that's because it's a Minnesota thing or whatever. He's from Minnetonka, Minnesota, so I don't know. If well, that doesn't hurt either. But anyway, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's hear from Coach Biles on a couple different clips here. If I can get them set up, here's the first one. Coach, a game one win, um, another big one. Um, guys standing up, guys wearing letters, being leaders. Talk a little bit about 
Yeah, I, th I think, uh, you know, a new opponent and a, a different team, and, and uh, they came as advertised. They're, they're big. Um, they, get their, they get their offense by being big in the offensive zone and, and having bodies at the net and getting pucks to the net. And they were all of that tonight. Um, you know, a couple of their goals is uh, you know, what we, we expected from them. And uh, that, that made it a game. That made it a battle. And, uh, you know, they get the lead in the third period. Um, and uh, you need guys to step up. You need guys to answer the bell. And, and as you said, it came from it came from our it came from our leaders. It came from our captains. And Max gets the Max gets the tire three two. Great play by uh, good offensive zone shift four check. And, and Truzy makes a, an unbelievable play. Max puts it home, and then uh, you get the, the second answer from Potsy, um, kind of making it out of nothing. Just uh, a rush play, great play by Froze, and, and Potsy uh, does his thing and, and gets that great goal and gets us uh, back up in the game. Looked like the crowd is just waiting to erupt. <laughs> and it looked like you guys were kind of waiting to erupt. Is that fair? I, I felt a little bit uh, like we were punched in the face a little bit. They got the 3-2 lead, and, and uh, um, a little bit the guys on the bench and the, guy, and the people in the stands were – um, a little bit in dismay and a little bit in shock and uh, um, kind of played out that way for the next two or three, four minutes. And, and it was the shift by the, our, our top line and Truzy and, and Max and, and uh, Lindy that got us back in the game. So there's the first clip uh, from Coach Bilesma. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean – Again, just he knows the pulse of the team. He knows the pulse of the game. And uh, I think, you know, I just kind of knows, you know, obviously the feel of his, his team as the coach. And, and I think, as we said, you know, a wake-up call for them going down in that game. But then they just, again, tear up another gear. And it seems like they they know how to do that. And, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting because sometimes you think, well, if you can turn up another gear – how come you don't do that the whole game? But it's 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 weird. I mean, play, hockey players are human, you know, and they, have, you know, they, they obviously sometimes have to feel pressure before they they arise to the level that they 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 can. But uh, you know, they did they didn't want to they did not want to get down uh, one one zero in the series, so uh, they avoided that obviously with the big win uh, tonight. But uh, this series is going to be a, a real battle, and as we've seen that with Coachella Valley, I mean, even though they've been as good as they are. Again, they've they've been they come out fast and, and and can take over a game and and do what they need to do to win, but then they've also been on the other side of it where a team like a Tucson gives them a little bit of a scare. Or in the last series, Calgary, but that's a good team, so you kind of expect that, you know. Or the or the uh, the, the, the series with the the Eagles, I believe. Yeah, so it's been very close games. It's close series. They've had to play the maximum number of games. Um, in those series, and some of them are going to overtime. So, uh, oh they, man, you just keep you just keep leading me into what I want to talk about. Coach Bilesma told us it's like we can finish these uh, each other's uh, sentences. In in the last two series, he's told me told the media that uh, it's been uh, three hundred 
minute games, and he's prepared his team to play 300 minutes. Sometimes they've had to play more with overtime. But, uh, so what's he's it in a seven-game series? It's 420. He reminded us of that tonight, too. He said <laughs> he's got a Texas Tech mathematical degree. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so 420 minutes. So he doesn't, you know, if they win in less than that, he's happy, obviously. But he's prepared to go all the way to the very end. And I think that's why you're seeing this team uh, do that and have the confidence is because of that. So let's hear one more final clip for uh, from Dan Bilesma. Uh, well, here, can you talk a little bit about Jess and Stu? <laughs> we're, just, we're uh, you know, the all of us, uh, and Colin Zunell is the same way in our staff. Like, we we hope we've given the guys and the team the the right message and the right thing to to put them in a place to have success. And um, you know, it, it's all on them. You know, but I I do think you you look at the success of some of our players. Uh, this year, Riker Evans and, and Pietro Seppola, who's not with us right now, dealing with an injury, and, and Ty Carte, they're, they're an evidence of uh, the quality of coaching they've gotten from, from Stu and from Jess. So it's, uh, it's as, as I like to say, as coaches, like the haze in the barn, they've done the work, they've put in the effort, and uh, you know, they, now they just got to go out and perform. You win with special teams and goaltending in playoffs. Did it again tonight. You got solid goaltending. You got a shorthanded goal. <laughs> you did everything you need to do, right? Yeah, the the, the power play came through. This uh, this PK uh, kept them off the board. They're a dangerous power play team. They've had success with their power play regular season and throughout the playoffs. And um, it's kind of a, it's not unexpected, but we've seen. Jimmy do it before, but uh, he comes up with a huge shorthand goal for us and gets gets us up in that game when you're at the point where they get the power play, you think they may be getting a goal to go up in the game, which is where they're they're really good at. So that was uh, that was a huge moment and a great moment for Jimmy and, and for the team. Okay, so you have to hear from Dan Bilesma and um a little bit about what that's it's meant to have uh, his staff doing what they're doing. Uh, I don't think they get enough credit. I really don't. Um, Stu is going to be on our our uh, podcast, our college po- hockey podcast, and he had a whirlwind last season, last off season. He was going to join St. Thomas um, as their assistant coach, then moved on and uh, coached somewhere in the AHL, and then got the opportunity with the Firebirds this year. So, um, but Stu Bickle. A fantastic coach and Jessica Campbell is just an incredible offensive mind. I mean, you see her on the bench and she's just working those guys um, on everything on the power play and their power play when it's clicking, it's it's unstoppable. And I'm surprised as you always are like the the Minnesota guy that you are that you didn't point out that Stu Bickle is from uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Did I miss that? Oh darn it! Yeah, Stu Bickle is a Minnesotan. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean, Stu Bickle has quite a bit of experience, uh, you know, playing, obviously going from playing in University of Minnesota uh, in, in the NCAA for a year, and then obviously a lot of years in the AHL and the ECHL, and and uh, so obviously in the NHL as well with the Rangers and and Minnesota and Iowa and San Diego and and, uh, and, and some other teams. So he's he's in San Diego's where he finished uh, his career in the, in the goals. So, uh, and 
So, I mean, he's when you have that kind of experience playing in the American Hockey League as long as he has, obviously the that, that can translate well is to being a coach, just like, you know, we see in a lot of other levels. He, but he knows how this league works, and he knows what it takes to to play for a Calder Cup and to, and to compete for one and, and to have some, you know, and to be able to, to have that opportunity to, to play on that kind of kind of level. So uh, it's, it's definitely a, a good addition for the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds that they have him on this uh, staff to help out with, uh, with that as well as uh, Campbell and, uh, and, and of course, head coach uh, Bosma. Okay, let's put a bow on this tonight because it's getting late and we all both got to get some sleep. Um, but I'll say that uh, one thing that's happened in Coachella Valley, and we saw the same thing in Vegas. Everybody said, oh, it'll never work. It'll never work. Fans will never adapt. They'll never get it. 8,800 for an AHL playoff game tonight. And they were loud. They were raucous. They were into it. They're, they're gaining knowledge. And Coach Bilesma said this might be the best year uh, of any team to – or of any fan to watch hockey for the first time because they've, whether they've tried or not, they've showed the fan base so many different sides of hockey. And the coach is pretty proud of that, that they've been able to do that. And, um, you know, congratulations to the fans at this point because they, they're on board and they just keep getting more on board. Their marketing team has done a great job with different themes for the for the games. The, the Akersher Arena is perfect. Uh, perfect setting for it. So um, let's hope they sure keep that, rolling. Are, are you sure that they're not getting their seats early for the Shania Twain uh, concert there next week? <laughs> no, they still got a few tickets left for that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You're going to be right there in the front right. row, aren't you? <laughs> uh, let's, let's, uh, let's get a little sleep. Say goodnight, Stephen. <laughs> From the Tag Creative Group Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota. The Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search for T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, find any of our three Valley locations and more at behindthemask.com whether you play on ice or in line. Caesars Sportsbook app. Play responsibly at the only app that earns you Caesars rewards points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Top Golf. Go to topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at our sports bar and restaurant. Jets Pizza since 1978. Better pizza because it has to be. Find one of the over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world. Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help others find it at ITHSW Podcast. All one word. That's ITHSW Podcast. All one word on your favorite podcast platform. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Get some sleep. We've got more hockey coming up next week. Should be another fun show because we'll have more things to talk about in the AHL and NHL Western Conference finals and maybe it's, just maybe by next week you'll be in the middle of the uh, stanley cup final yeah yeah it should yeah it'll be 
it, it should be getting underway if uh, if it all wraps up on Saturday between the Golden Knights and Dallas. It will all start next Wednesday. So yeah, it'll be underway next time we let's hear get it done. Podcast. I just realized too that the even if the the Stanley Cup final starts next Wednesday and runs its course or whatever, the AHL you're and if the Coachella Valley goes all the way to the Calder Cup final, you will end up still going beyond because uh, the the Stanley Cup final. Oh, yeah, my my beard and hair are gonna grow until July, <laughs> and then we'll be gearing up for a play here down Las Vegas uh, Boulevard too. But that's <laughs> and I'm, maybe here, maybe right here in Palm Springs or Palm Desert or Coachella Valley. I don't want to jump ahead though. I don't want to already put the as I said, put the horse before the cart. <laughs> no, no, cart before the horse. <laughs> I, I see, this is what happens. I know this is I, this is what happens when we do a show after midnight. I don't know how Paul does. Right. I don't know how you make him do this all the time on on the East Coast there. <laughs> all right, get some sleep. We'll see you tonight. Little Roger Klein, the peacemakers. Hello, new day. Good night, everybody. Or good morning, everybody. Oh, good morning, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.